Hi everyone and welcome to the Digitize Diaries, your one-stop conversational platform for frank and open communication around the digitization process. Each episode we deep dive into examples, experience and learnings from experts in the field as well as expanding on our own journey so far. A safe environment to discuss the future of commerce and the role technology will play in it for your business. Now let's jump right in to the conversation. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to episode four of what is the Digitized Diaries. My name is Barry Lee Cummings, and I'm very much looking forward to our chat today. As ever, I'm joined by my host uh, from across the sea, Wayne Dinner. Wayne, how are you today? I am fantastic, Barry. Good evening or good afternoon to you in the sunny Middle East. I'm delighted to be back for another conversation on all things digital transformation. And yet again, the technology almost let us down today. <laughs> Didn't it just? I think this is one of the lessons that we'll continue to uh, to help people learn is that it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go um, every time. So, uh, but just to persevere with it, uh, we had a, a couple of technical difficulties along the way there, getting it to do what we wanted it to do. But here we are uh, and very much looking forward to a, a discussion today, a little chat around the digitization process, the whole idea of digital transformation. This is what the digitized diary is about, a safe space for us to have these conversations. This is episode four. We've had a couple of chats already. Last episode, um, if you're catching this live or on the replay, do go and check out the other ones. Um, They're out there as podcast episodes or wherever you get your podcasts from or check out the LinkedIn page for some of the live video episodes. Um, On episode three, we were having a a, a quite in-depth discussion about chat GPT in particular. Um, and that was very interesting. We had some people come up on the audio live and, and have a chat uh, about their experience with the entire uh, process. And uh, it was interesting because just yesterday I got a, a message from one of my clients saying, hey, Barry, we're using chat GPT to create some of our content. Um, luckily for me, uh, I didn't even have to say, I said, they came to me, but we're not just uh, chucking some ideas in, copying and pasting it into our blog posts. We're, we're putting the ideas in. It's curating the information. It's spitting something out. We're going through it. We're editing it. We're amending it. We're checking it against Copyscape, and then they're putting it out there. Uh, but that in itself is saving them a ton of time on their content creation, which I thought was fascinating, given that we had literally just been talking about it. <laughs> And I think, Barry, that's going to be a fantastic use case for for many companies out there, particularly when it comes to content marketing, how it might help with the efficiency side of the process. Because you know and I know being content creators ourselves, there is an incredible amount of work and energy and effort goes into producing really good quality content consistently and and pushing it out through your social media channels. So if you can find a tool that's going to help, and that's the key word here today, Chat GPT is not going to replace all of the other important things that you need to do in that process, but maybe it's going to help you in the research side of things as well, which I think uh, having explored it and going to continue to explore it, going to be something that's very useful for me and us in our business. Absolutely. It's something that we've been 
exploring a little bit and uh, experimenting with. And I think that, you know, from the digitized diaries perspective, that's a, a tiny thing that we're looking at that can have a, a relatively small impact or actually could have a huge impact on, on some of our businesses. And this is the the range of stuff that we're going to be talking about through these episodes because there's small little bits that we can utilize and there's some huge, huge things that we can look at as well. But I think the whole point behind this is also to help as much as possible other people out there to embrace the the shift and, and the idea that digital transformation is happening. It has been happening. It's, again, we've said this a couple of times. It's not a new concept. It's just garnered a lot of momentum just recently and the 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 focus on things like AI and all of this stuff that's happening, machine learning has become more intense. And so more people are going, oh, this is something that we need to look at. And uh, it's scary. I'm not sure. I don't want this. I do want this. Um, and it can be relatively small, simple steps that we can take to start introducing the technology or streamlining processes, which at the end of the day, usually will save us time. And if we can save time, we can save some, some either some money uh, we can increase our revenue streams or we can just um, get people in our businesses focusing on more of the strategic role that they were actually employed to do rather than some of the admin heavy stuff. And so, uh, yeah, chat GPT is, is a game changer for content creators. There's no no argument around that. Um, but as we've said, it's just be careful how you use it and, and use it sensibly. I was going to say apply common sense, but as we always know, common sense is not that common. And so maybe just just take a second to think about what it is you're asking of it and where you're going to use that content and then put some steps in between to to get you on the right track. Could not agree more. And funny enough, yesterday I was in a school uh, speaking to a group of students out there delivering that all important online safety education. And one of the students had asked me about ChatGPT. What did I think of it? So we can already see that it is filtering right through all demographics and all different parts of our society. And just this morning, I was on a local radio station sharing my thoughts and my insights on what ChatGPT is all about. So it is fast becoming something that more and more people are becoming aware of it. Uh, And just the other day I was reading about in its first week, I think when it launched, it amassed over a million users in just a single week. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's already the comparisons of how long it took, you know, Facebook to get there, Instagram to get there, Snap to get there, Spotify to get there. And it's literally sort of less time, less time, less time a day. <laughs> this kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I think that's also really important because it's it's it really helps emphasize the speed at which these changes are happening now. Because I remember when you and I used to start our digital marketing training way back when, and it was about how long it took radio and TV to acquire this kind of user and say, look at what social media is doing. And now we're looking at look at what chat GPT's done in a 24 hour period or you know a one week period compared to literally decades of change that we were looking at previously uh, and i think that's why perhaps this topic is so relevant right now because people are thinking whoa this is happening so fast and what is this and oh i'm not ready for it uh, but if we look at it subjectively and objectively again it's a subject that is not new there are companies that have been on their digital transformation journey since the early 2000s uh, and it's it's only again becoming more mainstream i suppose if we look at it from that perspective and that's why again as it garners more attention in the social media realm and the digital realm more people become aware and so hopefully we can shed some light on uh, some of the things that are happening out there from a digital transformation we talk about some examples and we're going to do that today um, and we're also going to be uh, subjective and objective because we're not just going to talk about all the good stuff we're going to talk about some of the things where we need to perhaps um, 
pay a bit of attention if we're looking at this from an internal perspective, if we're a business that's looking at digitization, at digital transformation, uh, we want to look at both sides of the coin and, and, and try and make sure that our journey, whether that be ours, yours and mine, Wayne, because we're in this as well, this is why we're talking about it, or you know, somebody's listening in whose company is about to embark on this or is in the thick of it uh, and is perhaps struggling a little bit. And that's what this podcast is all about. That's what these live series are all about. That's if you're listening on the replay, it's a safe place for people to come together and learn from each other. And we're going to have some guests coming on to the show, Barry, in upcoming episodes. And we're really excited about that. People who are out there in the industry and in the field, implementing digital transformation within companies and organizations. So it's going to be really interesting to hear the type of things that are happening across the world. And I know already in the first three episodes of the podcast, we talked about McDonald's, uh, we talked about Amazon, and we talked about some of the digital transformation journeys that those companies are on. But more and more companies are starting to get on board with uh, even small digital transformation changes within their company or their organization. And we're going to be trying to shine the spotlight into that um, as well. So it doesn't matter whether you're a small business, you're an entrepreneur, you're a solopreneur, you work for a company or an organization, and you'd like to learn a little bit more about digital transformation. This is a great podcast to tune into each and every week. And if you are listening today on LinkedIn or any of the other social media platforms, because of course, Barry, we're going out live today. If you've got a question, if there's something you would like to ask, if you'd like to share a little bit of insight, pop it into the chat, let us know. We'd be delighted to hear uh, from you uh, today. And if you're picking this up on the replay, a huge hello to you as well. But let's jump right in, Barry, to one or two of the examples that we like to talk about each and every week. And that's the great thing about this podcast, because we take a look at what's happening out there, what companies and organizations are embracing digital transformation. And I came across a really interesting example with Marks and Spencers here in the UK, which has been looking at ways to improve efficiencies whenever you are at the checkout or at the till. Mm -hmm. And one of my biggest pain points is whenever I go into grocery stores and I've maybe only got a few small items and suddenly I'm in a queue with people with uh, shopping trolleys full of uh, their weekly food groceries uh, and all of that. And you kind of have to stand and hang about and wait. Now, I know most of the supermarkets here in the UK do have the self-service checkout where you can go up and you can scan it out yourself. But even they're getting really busy as well. So if you've only got like one or two items it can be a real, can be a real bugbear for many people. So it's interesting to see that Marks and Spencers is piloting now this thing called QBuster. And how QBuster is going to work is that basically you're able to pay for a selection of small items by approaching an employee of Marks and Spencers who is in the area of the tills. And that employee then has a handheld device and they can scan the items that you're looking to pay for. I think it's a maximum of five maybe. And then you can pay contactless through the terminal that the employee has and off you go about your business. Now I thought that was a, a really simple, small change but one that could have huge impact in sort of removing a lot of the queuing that's happening maybe within stores. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great initiative. And like I say, it's a small thing. It will evolve because to your point that, yeah, especially over here in the Middle East, we have the self-service checkouts. And sometimes the queue for that is longer than the queue for the manned uh, area because somebody's managed to uh, mess it up. Uh, the, the human error comes into it. 
either it hasn't scanned you've got to be really careful because as you scan it you have to then very carefully place it on the next area so that it can register how many pieces that you're 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 paying for and uh, and then and the first time i used i didn't realize that i would need to take my receipt and scan the receipt to get out so there's me stood at the exit going well, why, why isn't it opening? I'm expecting these things just to open. And then, of course, somebody has to come along and say, oh, sorry, sir, you've done like this. So there's a learning process to this. But I think the idea of queue busting and, and having somebody on hand, it's what Apple does, right? Apple does this in their stores, in their Apple shops here, is that you you, you end up queuing to get into the store here in the Middle East. There's, there's a queue to get into the store. And then you get to an individual who can help you. And they've got a handheld device there that does everything. And so they go and they get whatever product it is. They talk to you about it. They set it out, et cetera. And then you say, yeah, I'm going to take it. And then they just scan your, your card on that handheld device. So again, it's just streamlining a process, right? You don't have to come into the shop, wander around, pick up the product, then head over to a desk, stand by the desk, wait for the queue, then pay and then get out. It's a it's a more fluid motion. And, it, and I'm 100% sure it aids with the flow of people in and out of the shop, which means they can sell more stuff, which at the end of the day is what they're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's great, particularly where they want more efficiency um, and they don't want maybe people congregating around and maybe the aisles getting really busy. And that was particularly the case on the run up to Christmas, where I think an initiative like that, where the stores are going to be super busy and everybody's trying to pay and everybody's trying to get out. That's another way to offer that element of efficiency to people who've only got a couple of items and, and, and want to be on their way pretty quickly. So it's interesting to see that more and more companies, large retail outlets are trying to pilot those types of initiatives because you're right, even the self-service checkout, it, it can go wrong sometimes. And it's went wrong for me, particularly even when, a, a, let's say I, I scanned an item through the till, but the price that I thought it was going to be was actually higher than it, it said on the shelf. So therefore there's there's a little bit of a problem there. You have to call somebody over then and they have to override it. And then they have to key in the information. In some cases they might have to go in and check, is it the right price or is it the wrong price? So that can hold you up even longer again. So there is an element as we've seen today with our technology use where things can go <laughs> wrong. Yeah, yeah. And it does. And I think again, we, we mentioned it before, but I think when we're engaged in a digital transformation process or a digitization process, it's uh, to cater to that, that it's going to go wrong. Let's just say it's going to go wrong. It's not going, you're not going to get a perfect implementation or rollout. And so plan for that. And, and plan for these kind of things going wrong and that you don't have to worry about it. It is going to go wrong. The bits and pieces aren't going to happen the way you think they are, but how are we going to roll with that and how are we going to fix that on, on the fly rather than, because I know that we've experienced this with some of our own clients is that when there's an issue, it's like, oh, it doesn't work, get rid of it. Totally. <laughs> and that's what we could have done today. You know, it's a good example of we're using this piece of technology that's allowing us to live stream to multiple platforms. And we've already had two glitches. It's good. <laughs> It disconnected us and then it booted us out at one point. So, you know, that I, I almost used to get really frustrated when those things used to happen. Now I just go, oh, well, let's just try and reconnect it and go again. And I think that's a, there's a really important lesson there because when things like that go wrong, particularly if you've invested a lot of money into your technology, you've had this whole experience where you've got their, your employees trained on it. You've got all the customers trained on it. You know, everything's kind of working in, let's say, test mode. And then you actually go live. 
then it can be a completely different story. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Test mode is great, but really live is the ultimate test because however well it works in the sandbox or in the test environment, as soon as you go live, <clears throat> something that never went wrong before goes wrong and a, a scenario pops up. You think, why has that happened? We've never seen that happen before. But as you said, <clears throat> we've both been involved in this for a while and it's just a case of, okay, well, it's happened. What do we do? How do we fix it? Just come back and do it again. Okay, that's fine. Do we need to change the process? Okay. And I think this is also an important learning point, I suppose, for businesses is that it takes time. A lot of people look at digitization. Oh, I remember in the early days of digital marketing, this was definitely the case that, oh, well, if I start doing this, it's like just pressing a magic button and then suddenly... I turn on my digital marketing and all of these clients are going to come to my business. It's like, not quite. There's a lot of work that needs to be done to make these systems work for you. And now as we get more involved in the process-driven areas of business, is that, yes, we can implement the technology. And actually, we probably will see some results pretty quickly. But as we've said, there are some of the big organizations out there that have been on a digital transformation journey for the last 15 to 20 years and will continue on that journey. So especially for us small and medium enterprises is that we have to have some patience, I suppose, even though the, the jumps are so fast, we still need to apply some patience in these scenarios. And indeed, communication is really important as well. Communicating what you're doing um, and how you're going to do it, um, because you will have people who are maybe resistant uh, to the, the, the piece of transformation that you're trying to implement. Uh, they like to do it this way or the way they've always done it. So it's really important that you explain what's about to happen, how it's going to happen, but also the benefits of that as well. And if there are any concerns that, you know, your employees have, for example, or even your customers, you're open to listening to what those concerns are. And then you're trying to maybe adapt or slightly change it or alter it, if you can, to, to, to bring that person or that customer or that employee along on the journey. And the communication piece is going to be really important, I find. It is. And I think that is a really good point is that there needs to be that feedback loop whether that's internal stakeholders or external, like I say, it's employees or customers, there has to be a feedback loop. And most importantly, I think on a digital transformation journey, uh, we as the business have to listen. <laughs> and there's no point asking for that feedback and collecting it and then ignoring it. Uh, we want to then, we can't obviously uh, you know, adhere to all of the, the suggestions, but if we can see a pattern, if we can see certain, uh, you know, certain trends happening that, oh, you know, a lot of our employees are giving us the same feedback around this particular thing. We need to address that. Or all of our customers are telling us that this particular thing is not working for them. And instead of making this a more convenient process, it's actually, it's actually harming our brand because they're not liking what they're having to go through. Then we need to listen. Uh, but if we're not aware of it, then we can't do anything about it. And I think this comes down to that communication and piece. Exactly. And you know, and I know there can be friction with any new uh, rollout or implementation of technology. I mean, there's, there's always a little bit of friction at the start, but you know, having that perseverance, having that understanding of what it is you're trying to achieve and giving yourself a little bit of time. And as we said in the last episode, you know, managing expectations uh, and setting those all important milestones, it can be the smallest change that has the biggest impact in your business. And that's something that I'm finding, even when I'm making a small change 
towards a more digitized process. Definitely. But I think the, also the advantage of that is that when we are doing that with technology and processes uh, and, and things like that, is that we can measure those small changes with the, the data that we get back. And in some cases, we don't have to um, go looking. We just have to look at the, 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 the picture in front of us, because as everything is being utilized, every change is implemented, we get that feedback from the technology. And then we can say, oh, yeah, that tiny little thing that we changed, like removing that particular step of the process, getting rid of that page or helping that person do this instead of that has increased our conversion. And, and again, conversion could be whatever it needs to be for your business, whatever metric it is that you're measuring. But you get that feedback really quickly. Uh, and that helps us be an agile business because you can make decisions around that and you can then decide how you're going to to move forwards and i think that plays into the next thing that we were going to talk about because we do talk about a lot of the, the positive impacts of, of digitization because we we're embracing it we know that this is happening and it's we can't really stop it so we need to get on board but it's also a case of don't just jump on the train because everyone else is jumping on it. We need to still think about how we're rolling out our digitization or our digital transformation elements. And it leads into the next organizational personal story that you had actually about how we, we have to be careful how we implement this and communicate this to our customers and our in, internal and external stakeholders, because otherwise there could be some problems cropping up. So did you want to tell us a little bit more about well, your experience? <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's really important. If you're listening into this episode today or you're picking it up on the replay and you're enjoying what we're talking about, or you've got a question, just pop it into the chat. We'd be delighted to hear from you. We have a couple of people watching live today, so that's always fantastic. And I would encourage people, as you're out and about using various different shops and stores and experiences, have a look at what transformation is happening within those companies and organizations and, and see how that makes you feel as a customer, as a user of that particular um, business or organization. Because as we talked about on the last episode, Barry, there's lots of transformation happening and taking place. And some of it's really small. And this week I experienced another company that was engaging in more and more digital transformation. And it was my local B&Q store. And I was in B&Q this week picking up some items. And I went up to the till uh, to pay for the items. And they've kind of rejigged the checkout where it's now mostly, um, and it has been like this for a while, there has been self-service kiosks. But the self-service kiosks, Barry, have been upgraded again. So we're seeing, you know, the original sort of rollout of the self-service kiosk. Then we're seeing an updated version of the self-service kiosk. So the new and improved B&Q self-service kiosk has actually got some sort of recording feature built into it so that whenever you scan your first item, screen starts recording you as an individual. Now, I was a little bit unsettled about this. I have to be honest because there was no notification to me on the walk up to the uh, self-service checkout kiosk that this was going to be happening, that the whole experience was going to be recorded, meaning that I'm recorded on screen as I'm scanning my items and I'm paying for my items. And I had sort of reservations when I when I went through the, uh, the, the self-service kiosk and I come out the other end, I thought, hmm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. First of all, uh, there was no opt-in. So as soon as I scanned my first item, there wasn't a message came on screen to say, uh, just to let you know, by the way, we're going to be recording this to improve X, Y, and Z or whatever. And then I could tick a box and say, yes, I have no problem with that, or I decline that. And again, going back to the way the old kiosk used to work, I could still scan because the old kiosk used to be very like Tesco's and Sainsbury's. There didn't seem to be any recording going on. You just scan your items and it shows you on screen what you're, what you're scanning. 
in B&Q, there's another screen above where you are actually seeing your face right. on the screen. So I was a wee bit unsettled about it. I was thinking all things about where is that information stored? How is that used? Is that a privacy issue or concern that I need to be aware of? And I haven't really been able to find anything about the internet where that is being explained to people uh, from, from B&Q's point of view. Yeah, so it's an interesting one. And it's it's funny because when you were telling me about it, I was like, is that because we look at it from that side of things because of all the work we do with cyber safety and, uh, and cyber security side of things? But then it actually it just comes down to what is a topical conversation right now, which is this idea of privacy. It's that, yes, I'm sure there's people listening or watching it saying, well, you know, we've been recorded everywhere, aren't we? And yes, we are to a certain extent. But it's also this idea that, well, I'm engaging with a brand to check out can there be some sort of communication to explain to me why this process like when you get a phone call from the bank and it says this call will be recorded for training purposes okay well there's your opt-in opt-out explanation or not opt-out because you can't opt-out of it they're recording it but at least they're explaining what it is to you whereas in this situation because there's a screen and it's an interactive one they could quite easily say it's recorded for training purposes if you don't want to be recorded press here and it's very interesting because let's say that was happening here in this part of the world, videoing somebody without their permission and also through the the, uh, the cultural connotations of that would be even more far-reaching um, because of, of how things are done over here. So it's, it's interesting from that perspective that the communication either hasn't happened internally with the brand uh, and it certainly hasn't happened externally to the customer, um, that wherever we are in our own personal journey on this with our businesses, that, that that is something that is absolutely key because I have a feeling that it could get them into a bit of trouble, especially with things like GDPR and data storage and all the stuff that we have to go through with developing our own app is that they have to be very clear about where that data is going and also that they're doing it in the first place. Exactly. And one of the things that I was thinking about within that is that other retail outlets, other organizations are exploring the likes of Tesco's and Asda to use facial recognition in particular around ID verification. And I kind of understand that. Like if I'm going into B&Q and I'm looking to buy a chainsaw, well, you know, you, you, you couldn't go in there as a 12 or 13 year old and buy that. So if we're going more automation where, you know, people are going to be going and able to buy these products and certain products have an age restriction on them for obvious reasons. Alcohol is a good example where you have to be over 18. Then that would make sense if it's going to be the facial recognition is going to be used then as part of that verification, um, yep. that age verification process. But going back to that step, that there was no alert on screen that this is actually happening. And I think that was, for me at least, the more concerning part. And you're right, we're recorded absolutely everywhere. CCTV footage, get on a call with uh, various organizations. They do ask you that where you can opt in or opt out. So it's mm -hmm. going to be interesting to see. And it's something I thought was worth discussing on this episode today, because I think we're going to see more and more of it because we are going to see major retail outlets, particularly going down that route where age verification on certain products or services that may need to be used as part of that process. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you say, there, there's so many uh, um, acceptable explanations for it uh, that are, you know, that we would accept no problem. It's just that this especially, and I don't want to get too much into this, oh, it's against my rights kind of thing, whatever, but it is just this, well, again, I keep this episode for some reason, we keep going back to the early days of digital marketing, is that if you didn't at any point give permission to be added to the database or the, the, the newsletter, and then you were added, well, that's spamming. And spamming is not allowed, and we're all very anti-spam. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are in the world, you don't want to be spammed. And yet, in this scenario, there is no 
you know, no indication that you could get out of this scenario. And so this just comes back to this, that, that key word that you said there is that communication and explaining to customer, internal, external, employer, employee, you know, client on the outside, what is happening, why it's happening. And then of course that, that removes the obstacle when we have that choice, because as you said, there's always pushback to change. And this is a huge change for some people and for some businesses. The more that we can remove any of those obstacles, which is again, something that we have done ourselves internally with our application CoBabble is to say, well, can we remove any of the possible ways that somebody client external could turn around to us and say, oh, it's not working or it doesn't do this on the simplest level. Um, and even just to shine a bit more light on that, that was even to related to our password reset, that we went through quite a bit of work to understand how we could remove the headache and excuse for a client to say it's not working. Say, so, look, this is this is the streamlined process. But the only way that we were able to do that was by listening to the feedback from our customers. Exactly. And that's where that feedback is really valuable. And that's where communicating the change that's about to happen, no matter how small it might be or might seem to you within your company or your organization, it's really important to think about your end user and think about that friction that you might have. Because as you said earlier on, Barry, this could actually cause more problems and could actually impact your bottom line greatly if you got it wrong. And I think it's really important for people to to explore those things. So just again, that's what we're going to be doing on this podcast. We're going to be taking some examples of experiences that we're having in relation to digital transformation and shining a spotlight into them. And also some things that are happening around the world as well. I want to say hello to our good friend, Peter Doak, who's joined us today. Hello to Peter. Uh, Thank you, Peter. Uh, I think you're enjoying the conversation today. As always, we're delighted uh, to have you here. But we always like to sort of wrap up Barry, each episode by talking a little bit about CoBabble, our own platform, and how CoBabble is actually helping companies and organizations embrace digital transformation. And we're looking at real small elements of the overall process. And we were talking a little bit in our last episode about our checklist feature and how that works and how that takes those analog checklists and makes them digital, but also then how you can assign then various actions to those checklists and that you can also assign that checklist to a particular individual within a company or organization. And then you can automate the process. But I thought today it would be a good idea to talk about maybe one of the other key features as well that we have within CoBabble, which is that ability to create custom forms within the platform for your business or your organization. So if you wouldn't mind, do you want to share a little bit about how the forms feature works on CoBabble today? Yeah, definitely. And it feeds obviously into this whole idea of digitization of content and processes. And so the forms function within CoBabble is a way for us to move away from some of the paper-based forms that are being created or utilized, uh, moving away from the idea of the the analog approach of having to even something as simple as an annual leave form, whereby yes, some people say, well, we already digitized it; it's it's in Word format, and then and then they go on to say, yeah, and then we print it out. We print out the Word document, we fill it out, uh, and then we scan it, and then we put it back in, and we send it. Or we have to fill it out. I physically have to fill it out with a pen get it signed. I have to have it signed by my manager, uh, you know, a wet copy as it were. And then that has to go to HR and I actually have to troop it upstairs or downstairs around the corner uh, to get it in there. And then it sits in an inbox until they deem it uh, necessary to to deal with it. And uh, you think, well, nobody does that, Barry. It's like, 
they do. We, we've we've had conversations with organisations where, when we've started to talk about Kerbabble, they said, "Oh, yeah, that would really help with that process because it's very manually intensive at this point in time." So even something as simple as just taking that manual form, turning it into a digital format, allowing for that form to be then uh, circulated in the within the business get to the right person, approved, digitally signed, so there's no more, you know, hand handwriting and, and the ability for forgery from that side of things. And it's, again, streamlining that process, which is just taking minutes off how long it takes to do something like that. And within businesses, there's departments that are looking at how long it takes to do something. And so if we can streamline the, the annual leave form application, that, again, removes X number of minutes from the employee, it removes X number of minutes from the HR department who are then chasing up that employee because they heard at the cafeteria that Barry wanted to go on leave and he's going to submit his form and he hasn't done it. And he said it was going to be on the 25th and hang on a minute. And all of these conversations that, again, I'm pretty sure we can relate to and having heard within our businesses, the forms function within Cobabble just reduces the amount of time that needs to be spent on that. And streamlines the entire process and say that's a very simple example but you can apply that to pretty much any form that you have within your business and that's the great thing about that feature in particular because it's interactive in the sense where you can build in your own calendar so if the employee wants to set that the start date and the end date for when they're going on their annual leave it's all done through a calendar system as well and they choose the time so it's really flexible so from the end companies uh, use point then they'll have the ability to create custom forms, short answer, long answer, date, time, signature. All of that information can be collected from the employee through the Cobabble app and then submitted back to the line manager or uh, whichever person within the company or organization needs to be responsible for that. Indeed, indeed. And that's the name of the game, streamlining, optimization, reducing stress in some cases as well. There's even these scenarios, especially in businesses over here, right back to that kind of uh, scenario where People are having to take a form to HR and they're having to queue up outside of the HR department's uh, office or, or door. And it's around that time it's payday or it's not payday. And people start to talk about why is Barry stood outside HR's door with a piece of paper. And it just is as silly as and trite as this sounds. It's, it creates gossip because then it's, oh, it's because he hasn't got, you know, he's, he's, not, he's got, not got any money. He's going to go and ask for an advance. Or he's got, and, and then suddenly... It's around the company. People are distracted. Rumors start. And again, it might sound ridiculous, but it's, I've been in that situation and seen it unfolding. Uh, and if you're able to just submit this from your desk, get it all done, the company has the immediate access to that data then we're saving time and we're saving money. Absolutely. Uh, well, as always, Barry, it's been a fantastic conversation today. It's always great to chat through what's happening when it comes to digital transformation, talk a little bit about some of the examples that we're coming across. And then, of course, talk about Cobabble and how Cobabble can help businesses and organizations, small to medium companies that are out there that are looking to embark on that digital transformation journey. And of course, we're available for a free trial or a demonstration. So if anybody's listening into the podcast and would like to take a look at Cobabble. It's really easy. Just check out our website, www.cobabble.com. You can book a demo time that is convenient to you. And we'd be delighted to jump on a call or maybe even to set you up with a free trial 
within your company or your organization because that's important Barry if you take it and you take it for a road test you're going to see pretty quickly how beneficial this will be within your company or your organization and we've only touched on two of the many features that are available within Cobabble. Indeed, yeah. We, and this is how much we believe in it. Take it for a ride, have a, have a look at it, and we're pretty confident that once you see what it can do, you won't want to get rid of it. And so drop us a line, cobabble.com, book in the demo, get on the free trial, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you on that side of things too. Absolutely. Listen, Barry, it's always a fantastic conversation today. We're going to be coming back with episode five next week. We're going to be doing another LinkedIn audio event, so make sure you see Stay tuned for details of that event. It's going to be popping up on your LinkedIn and on my LinkedIn. And all you simply have to do is attend or the event or the invite that we're sending out and you'll be able to join that live conversation. But don't worry if you're not able to join the live conversation, Barry, it is available in a repurposed podcast. And where can people find out about that? Oh, with the repurposed podcast, you can go and find out wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, and feel free to subscribe and follow us on those particular channels. And as Wayne said, this this is a conversation. And whilst he and I will go on about this forever, uh, we'd love to hear about uh, your experiences, your questions, anything in particular that's bothering you or that you have a, you know, inquisitive um, nature about. Drop us a, a line on any of the uh, the social channels where you see this coming out. Uh, and we look forward to uh, hearing from you and speaking with you on the next ones. Thanks for listening into this episode of the Digitized Diaries with your hosts, Wayne and Barry. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation and deep dive and today's learnings can help growth for you and your business. Don't forget to hit the subscribe so you get notified when the next episode is available. See you next time.